Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. Um, I am, I suppose, doing a little bit of a one-off preach today. Uh, something that's been on my heart for a few weeks now. Um, and I'm really praying it's going to be a blessing to all of us today, including myself. Uh, if you have been watching the news a little bit, there are a couple of things that I wanted to talk about this morning. Um, the first one was it was VJ Day yesterday when uh, they remembered the, uh, the official end of World War II when the Japanese surrendered. Um, and I don't know if you heard any of the stories of uh, some of the folk who were involved and some of the horrendous things that they went through in the war. You know, the sacrifices that they made, massive sacrifices in their lives. Um, I'm talking about sacrifice today and, and what that implies to each of us. <clears throat> Then uh, another story that we saw was that big, or those big explosions in Tianjin in, uh, in China. And I was thinking about the firemen who were rushing to that site to put out the blaze, who were blown up when those explosions took place. Their lives sacrificed for the folk in that area. Uh, I want you to just begin to try and grasp this idea of sacrifice and what it means. Because I believe God calls us to live a life of sacrifice. Um, for those of you who wrote exams and got your results this week, anybody? Anyone here? Grant did well. Well done, Grant. I won't say what you got. Don't embarrass you, but he's a clever boy. Um, you know, to get ready for those exams, you had to sacrifice some of your time, didn't you? Studying is not the most enjoyable exercise but he reaped the benefit of that. And so we're talking about sacrifice today. The definition of sacrifice is the act of giving something up that you want. Amen? In order to get or do something else. The act of giving up something that you want in order to get or do something else. Sacrifice. What kind of things have you sacrificed in your life? What kind of sacrifices have you made to this point? What sacrifices do you make in your pursuit of living the life that Jesus has for you? These are the things I want us to think about today. Sacrifice in many ways is not a popular concept today. And I think it's fair to say that our generation doesn't really understand the idea of sacrifice like previous generations. Amen. Um, we don't like the idea of sacrifice. We want everything and we want it cushy. You know, if we can have it both ways, we will. You know that phrase, you can't have your cake and eat it, sometimes applies to life. Amen? You can't have it both ways. Sometimes we have to choose between two things. And that's kind of the reason why I picked this image today. Uh, for this sermon on sacrifice. Because when you think about a train, it can only take one track. Hey? And whoever is arranging the course of the train has to decide at junctions which way the junction is going to flip and the train goes that way. There are times in our lives when we're going to have to make decisions that are going to affect the rest of our lives. And we have to make a, a, a decision of our mind over our emotions. Yes, 
sometimes to get the things that we really want. Because in many cases, as human beings, we like to choose the path of least resistance. But often that's a slippery slope. Hey? We're thinking about the kinds of decisions that we have to make in life and being wise. So let's, as we start today, just reflect on a few types of sacrifice that the Bible talks about. The most significant in the Bible is Jesus' sacrifice. Why was it a sacrifice? Because he paid the ultimate price. You know, he said to his father, Lord, or Father, if there's another way, please take this cup from me. He didn't want to go through the pain. He didn't want to go through the suffering. But he willingly did because the thing that he really wanted was to have a relationship with each one of us. And that was the way to make it happen. You know, if you read in the Old Testament, it's full of sacrifices for sin. Constant sacrifices, one after the other, one after the other, but never really satisfying until Jesus died on the cross. And Hebrews 10.14 says, we're talking about the sacrifice for forgiveness of sin. For what? By one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever. One sacrifice, he has made perfect forever. He's achieved it. It's done forever. Our spirits, when we give our lives to Jesus, are sealed. Our eternity is sure. But it goes on to say, those who are being made holy. So there's an element of work still to take place in our lives. And we're going to talk about that today. When we talk about the sacrifice for sin, that was Jesus' job. It's done. It's finished. We're not talking about the sacrifice of, for sin today. We're not talking about, to, about trying to earn anything from God. Sacrifice is not about earning things from God. Can I say that again? Sacrifice is not about earning things from God. As Greg shared last week, we are not good enough to earn anything from God. It's by His grace that we get it. Amen. So when we talk about sacrifice today, I don't want you to be in this place when you leave today thinking, man, if only I'm good enough, then Jesus will do this. He'll bless me. If I do this and this, then His blessing will really come as if I am earning it. You can't. It's only by the grace of God that we get anything good from the Lord. Amen. Let's move on. We're not talking about the sacrifice for forgiveness. We're talking about sacrifices to please God. You know, when you think about actually what God in Jesus has achieved for you, it should evoke a certain sense of emotion in you. A certain sense of awe and wonder and unquenching gratitude that makes you so thankful and so grateful that you live your life in a certain way not to get anything from God but because he's been so good and we want to please him uh, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 7 verse 35 I'm saying this for your own good not to restrict you but that you may live in a right way in undivided devotion I love that undivided devotion to the Lord. Now, in that instance, he's talking about the idea of singleness 
And he's talking about marriage. He's saying it's great to be single and it's good to be married. But the overriding sense that's coming through this, if you're single or if you're married, our goal is undivided devotion to the Lord. Right? Galatians 6 verse 8 says, Whoever sows to please their flesh, from their flesh will reap destruction. But whoever sows to please the Spirit, Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit, will reap eternal life. So there's a dual thing going on here when we talk about sacrifice in our lives. We are living to please God, but there's a benefit to living godly lives. Amen. It benefits our faith walk. 1 Corinthians 9.27 says, and, uh, and Paul is talking here, you know that famous passage where he says, you know, an athlete, they don't just pitch up for the race, they prepare themselves well, right? And he talks about how in, in, in chapter 9, verse 27, he says, do I beat the air aimlessly? Do I go about this task of preparing aimlessly? No, he says, I strike a blow to my body. Um, the word that he uses there is discipline. Interestingly, the translation of that word means to beat black and blue. Huh? You know, mind over matter. We take control of our emotions. We're called to discipline ourselves in a strong way. You know? Because discipline benefits holy lives, there's a benefit to it. And Paul is trying to strike an image here. And he's saying, well, you know, we're not floppy, kind of take it as it comes. We're determined. We're focused. We're disciplined. We have something that we want. And if it means I have to get up, we're talking about an athlete here, at five o'clock every day and run five miles and go to the gym, I'll beat my body and make it subject to me because of what I want to achieve. And so there's this idea that we sacrifice in our lives to please God. But there's this rule called sowing and reaping in the Bible that says that when we give ourselves to holiness, there's a benefit. If we, if we live, as Paul said, to please our flesh, from our flesh we'll reap destruction. But if we live to please the Spirit, we reap eternal life. Alright, are we together still? So we're not talking about the sacrifice for forgiveness, we're not talking about trying to earn anything from God, we're living our lives out of an overflow of gratitude to the Lord. Because we want to please him. That's our goal. With my life, with my words, with my thoughts. To please you, Jesus. And I just know that when I live the way that you've laid out for me, man, it goes well with me. Amen. Right. So when we talk about sacrifice, quickly, we talk about two elements. We talk about the cost, what's involved, or if you're one of those finance people, the investment. Right? We have the cost and we have the consequence, which is you have your investment and then you have your returns. Okay? Sowing and reaping, what we give ourselves to determines what comes back to us. You know? That's what we're talking about today. What is it going to cost us to get what God has for us? And really, in essence, what I'm wanting to say is you have a choice today between living a power-filled life where the new man is being fed, or of living a life 
that is encapsulated by the old man. We're living like the old man and we're getting the benefits of the old man life or are we going to choose life today, new life, and see that outworked in our lives. So I'm going to read today from Romans chapter 11. Um, I want to talk about four sacrifices that God calls us to make. I don't want to spend a lot of time on them. I want to just kind of put them out there and get us thinking today. But they come from Romans chapter 11 from verse 33. You'll see it up on the screen above me. Oh, the depth of the riches, riches sorry, of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counsellor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay him? We don't earn or deserve anything from the Lord. For from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. And Paul goes on. Therefore, because of that, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And Greg did brilliant the last three weeks talking about that. Then, as a result of that, it says, you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will for you. When you live in this way, you know what God wants for you. No more confusion. Amen. His good plan working out. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member, listen to this, each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to us. If your gift is prophecy then, or prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, then do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. He goes on. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil and cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honour one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervour, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need and practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, 
Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Wow, there is a lot of great stuff going on in there. But what I want to try and do today is just summarize in four points, four sacrifices that you and I can make from this day on that bless God and benefit us. Does that sound all right? How can I live my life so that it blesses God and it benefits me? The first one, and they all begin with L. The first sacrifice I want to talk today about is the sacrifice of our lips. The sacrifice of our lips. I don't know if you noticed the beginning of our reading today. Paul is in worship before God. He's worshipping him there. I want you to know that you have the choice between resentment or thankfulness in life. One of these have your cake and eat it ideas is that we can resent God for the bad things that have happened in our lives. That we can hang on to those feelings, we can hang on to those ways of thinking and still grow in our faith. We can live with a seed or a root of resentment in our lives. This is what the world seems to think. Toward God and still grow and be fruitful as believers. Greg talked a lot about this last week. There's a lie in there for us today. Even though you may have been hurt by the circumstances that you've been in. Maybe you've been hurt by somebody. Maybe you've had this idea that God has brought this to you because he's trying to knock some edges off of your life. That he's allowed these bad things to happen in some way. And that's caused you to think, ow, you've been hurt. You've been resentful towards God. You know, the promise that the Bible tells us is that while these things happen in this life, and Jesus said you will have trouble in this life, they're not orchestrated by God to hurt us. That's not his plan for our lives. What the Bible says is that he can take those hurtful things in our lives, and if we have the right attitude about it all, he can turn them around for good in our lives, and he can bring good in our lives. But the secret, let's read Hebrews 13 verse 15 says, through Jesus therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. The fruit of lips that openly profess his name. 
Lips of people who live out in the open before God, who embrace life with its ups and downs, and who declare that God is faithful, that God is good, that he's working in our lives to bring good, even in the rubbish of our lives, his promise. But the secret for us is to live in a place of thankfulness to the Lord. Thank you, God, that you are mighty, that you are able, that you are in control. Thank you that you love me, that you've got good plans for my life, perfect plans for my life, to bless me and not to harm me, that you've got great plans for my family, that you've got great plans for our future. Thank you that your love never stops pursuing me. Even in my worst, God, your love for me is strong. Even in the most awful situations in my life, you are good, Lord. I bless you because you are good. There's no one like you, Lord Jesus. When we can start to talk like that from our hearts, when maybe we feel like, that person hurt me. I need to get them back. Lord, you need to punish them. They need to suffer for what they've done to me. We need to let go of that kind of talk in our heads, head talk. You know what I'm talking about. Maybe not out of our lips, but those conversations going around in our head. God, if only they knew. I hope that they find out one day. You know? And we just say, Lord, I let it go. I trust you, God, that you are big in it all, that you will work things out for me, that even now, in the things that I can't see or can't understand, you are working for my good. Thank you, Lord, that you are kind, that you are great. Amen. Is that challenging? It's a challenge for me. The sacrifice of praise, our lips openly professing the glory of God, even in the midst of our difficulties, that is where we find our victory. That's where we please God and we receive a benefit. Amen. The second thing, the second sacrifice is of our lifestyle or our lives. It's quite a general one. Paul says in chapter 12, verse 1, Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. And then later on in verse 5, he says, So in Christ we, though we are many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. I want to talk about two lies that you and I believe sometimes here. The first one is, is that I can choose sin, right? I can willingly participate in sin and still grow to the fullness of God in my life. We think that we can sin and still grow to our fullness. That's a lie. We have to choose holiness if we want to achieve all that God has for us. You know, God's grace is awesome. Sometimes I think we live our lives and we do stuff that's really stupid. And God, in his grace, rescues us from the consequences of those choices. But the mistake that we make is when we assume that every time we are dumb and we sin, that God will rescue us from the consequences of our sin. Please don't put yourself in that position where you walk in the sense of false assurance that your actions of sin they'll never have any repercussions in my life. They have deep percussions in your life, repercussions, not 
and other people's lives too. Your sin affects you and it affects the people around you. And if you don't think that's the truth, you're kidding yourself. I have been affected by other people's sin. And I'm sure you have too. Not only does it harm you, but it harms others too. This idea of a living sacrifice in those days was bizarre. Because the only sacrifice that they knew was when something died. And was dead. The life ended and sin was paid for. But Paul's talking about this idea of daily dying to ourselves so that Christ can increase in us. Amen. So the sacrifice of our lifestyle, firstly, is in regard to sin and being made holy. There's a choice that we have to make. Are we going to go down the track of sin or are we going to go down that track of being made holy? Living and choosing the right path. And the second aspect is this idea, and he, he mentions it when he talks about all the gifts. This idea that I don't have to participate in the life of the body to grow. I don't have to participate in serving teams, or visiting people, or praying for people, or giving. These kinds of ideas, I'll just keep growing. But actually, you'll find at some point in your life, like most Christians, that you'll reach a point where you feel like, I'm not really growing anymore. What do I need to do to grow? God, why? I've kind of known my way around the Bible. It's like, I understand the, the theologies, and I just feel like I'm plateauing. And often, that's the point when you need to start living and serving in the church. When you need to start expressing the gifts that you have, the spiritual gifts but also the physical talents that you have. Sometimes it means just doing something that you're not trained for, but having a willing heart. Amen? When we serve the body, we grow to the fullness that God has for us. I really hope that you got a bit of a glimpse into the scripture there when it says that actually, you don't belong to you. You belong to everyone. We belong to each other. And my life is not my own. My life is lived for God and for my family. I really want to encourage you folks today. If you are sitting as a spectator, and that's okay, there's a season for that in your life. And maybe you've reached that point where you need to get involved in the life of the church, in the fabric of the church, in the background Exercising your spiritual gifts, sacrificing your time, getting up early to come and help us set up the chairs on a Sunday, or something like that. You know, that's the most mundane thing in the world. And hey, I could sleep later on a Sunday, I really could. I'd love to. But at the end of the day, there's practical things that have to happen for you to enjoy the benefits. I live my life for you. You live your life for me. God's called us together, amen. A sacrifice of our lifestyles. So we've talked about the sacrifice of our lips. We've talked about the sacrifice of our lifestyle. The second sacrifice, is that, or the third one I should say, is that of our loot. Our stuff. The choice between material things or the choice between generosity. 
There's a lie that says, I can pursue and chase after material things with my life and still be generous to the Lord and still be content as a believer. Some people might say, oh, it's easy to be generous when you're rich. But there's a danger with these material things. Matthew, Matthew 6, 24, I love it. It says, you can't serve two masters. You've got to have one master. Which one is it? Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and you'll despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Who are you going to serve? Which track are you going to go down? It's nice to have the stuff, and there's nothing wrong with the stuff. It's how much you love it. That is the worry. You know, if you've got something, and the idea of giving that away to someone else is a very difficult thought, maybe you need a question. If God called you to give it away, would you say, no problem? Or would you be like, but God, I worked so hard for that. It's mine. You can have all the other stuff, Jesus. You can have all the other stuff, but that is mine. The earth is the Lord's, and everything, it's all for him, it's all his. The sacrifice of our loot, whether it's our cash, whether it's our stuff, what are we doing with it? You know, we can't take it with us. You've heard people say that before in church, amen. How are we going to use it while we've got it? Nothing wrong with having it. But don't love it more than God. Please don't love it more than God. Because you'll struggle to grow in generosity. And you'll struggle to be content. Paul says, if your gift is giving, then give generously. Abundantly. It's good for us to have generous hearts. Amen. Yes? Hopefully your, your quietness is because you're really mulling over what God is saying to you and you're saying, Lord, I didn't realize that it was such a problem for me. Maybe it is. Maybe you're sat there and thinking, God, I'm so grateful that these things, you know, I could have them, I could be without them. And our fourth thing today, our fourth, sacri fourth sacrifice is the sacrifice of our love. The sacrifice of our love. The choice between unforgiveness and peace with God and with men. Our love. It's a broad summary word, isn't it? It's an L word, so it works for the sermon, but it's a big subject. Amen. Love must be sincere. Love must have substance. Love is more than a word. Love is not a mask. It's not an impression that we give to other people. It's what we look like on the inside and on the outside. It's how we live our lives at home with our families, with our children and our husbands and wives. It's how we live with our work colleagues. It's how we live with our neighbors. It's how we live with our school peers. Living with open hands before one another. Being prepared to love the unlovable. Being prepared to love our enemies. 
God, you need to... Some of that lightning should have gone their way. That's kind of what we want in our minds. So, I mean, if it really happened, we'd be like, oh. But actually, I think sometimes the way we think and act, it's a bit scary. Love. The sacrifice of love. Being the hands and feet of Jesus. Being the beating heart of God. It's difficult. Amen. I could, I could list some people that are hard to love. None of you, of course. Because <laughs> you guys are all wonderful. But people are people. You get them on one day and they're the easiest in the world to be around. Get them on another day and they can say some stuff. Hmm. They can do some things that cut. How do we live? Do we live with open hands and open hearts? Or do we start closing ourselves off and allowing patterns to form in our thinking and in our hearts? You know, they really, they don't just stay inside. They reveal themselves in the way that we speak and act. We can't hide that kind of stuff. And so we need to come right before the Lord. We need to get peace before God. We need to turn these situations over to him and ask him for his love to fill us. Lord, help us. Help us, Lord. The sacrifice of our lips, thankfulness to the Lord in every situation at all times. Sacrifice of our lifestyle, our bodies as living sacrifices in a quest for holy living and the benefits that come of that. Of sowing our time and our energy and our skills into serving one another in the body, the sacrifice, our lifestyle. The sacrifice of our stuff, our loot, our money, our possessions, in the pursuit of being generous and knowing real contentment before the Lord. Man, I wish that I was more content and the sacrifice of our love. The peace of God reigning in our hearts and minds. His joy, his health and vitality filling every area of our lives because we let go and we give it to God. Amen. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.